0: Hello everybody. Welcome back. It's Melissa. And today's Friday, I got my diagnosis on Tuesday and I recorded an episode and posted it right after that happened. And um, I thought I would post a little update now that I've had a chance to process a little bit better and calm down a little bit. <laughs> Um, I feel like when I recorded that last episode, my brain was just going in a thousand different directions. I was having so many different feelings, um, most of which I couldn't even identify. Um, I had like the sensation, like I needed to cry for a while, um, that day, but like it wouldn't happen which I hate. I just like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, if I can just please cry and get it out. Cause I don't like the feeling like when you feel like you need to cry, but it it's just like sitting there. But eventually I did. I cried and it wasn't like a sad cry though. It was just kind of, I think an emotional release. I think, uh, for the past several, several months, I've just been accumulating all of these thoughts and ideas and fears and feelings. And, um, it seemed like on Tuesday, everything sort of just, uh, solidified. It was just like the weight had been lifted. I could breathe a sigh of relief and I could really embrace, um, with confidence this new diagnosis and also the unexpected ADHD thing, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, but, um, it was, it was a lot, but it wasn't bad. It was just like, ah, so yeah, I, I got a good cry in. I just sort of lay low the rest of the day as much as I ever do. Um, it's hard for me to lay low, but I, you know, I just did relaxing activities and sort of, gave myself some grace and space for the rest of the day. So here I am a few days later and uh, I'm sort of stuck on how to really merge these two lives that I've been leading because I do kind of feel like I've been living a double life since December. Very few people know that I suspected I was autistic. Very few people knew I was on the journey, only those closest to me. Um, My partner, my mom, my son. Uh, So I've been making this podcast. I've been making some awesome friends within the autistic community who have been really um, there for me and supportive and you know, we've just been bonding over, you know, all the autism things, because as you do when you're first finding this out about yourself, and you're just like, oh my gosh, there's other people like me, Um, which is really exciting and, and great. But so I've had like that side of my life. And then I have the other side that was just like, the the before Melissa, which is still who everyone else is seeing everyone on my social media, everyone who I kind of know in real life, um, or people who just follow me on Instagram. Some of them I don't know. Um, but I haven't like said anything cause I wasn't going to until after my appointment. And now I would kind of like to merge the two sides together. <laughs> um, but it's scary. I'm kind of terrified. I, I don't know why. It's it's weird because um, I'm a very open person. I I just I'm not super private. I don't really I don't really hide things because it makes me uncomfortable. <sighs> I mean, I'm not open and. I'm not open about everything. Like I don't share every part of my life. That's not what I mean. But like things like this, like something that makes up who I am, I don't feel a need to hide it. I like to be open about things. Um, but I just can't really figure out how to, how to do that. I I dipped my toe in this morning. I posted a video about my autism diagnosis on TikTok. So My TikTok page I opened for, um, mostly for the purpose of promoting my art, because one of my wonderful autistic friends who I've met along this journey, his name is Kenny, and his um, Instagram and TikTok are, uh, handles are Painting on the Spectrum, and he's an awesome artist and you should go follow him on those platforms because he's great, but he encouraged me to start a TikTok for my art. And so I did. And so not very many people that I know are following me on TikTok. All of my followers or most of my followers are people that I don't know. So I'm like, okay, this is, this feels like a safe place. This feels like a a way to like dip a toe in and just kind of put it out there for a lot of people who don't know me. And then a few people who do, I think there's like five people that I know five, maybe, maybe 10 I don't know that follow me on TikTok. So I literally just posted that like 10 minutes ago and I was so nervous and I was just like, what is happening? Why do you feel so? I don't know. I can't figure out why I feel this way. Uh, maybe talking about it right now will kind of help me start to figure it out. Um, because I'm not, it's not something I'm ashamed of or embarrassed of at all. Like I'm actually really proud. Um, I want to be someone who talks about this. I think visibility is really important and not to say that everyone with autism, you know, is required or expected to share, um, so openly or be out there, you know, putting all their business out because I know some people don't want to do that. But like for me, I'm already a pretty open person. And, um, just for me, it feels right to be more visible, speak out a little bit, um, try and help with, um, spreading awareness about especially how autism looks, uh, from different, Angles of the spectrum, I guess, is the best way to say it. I don't want to necessarily um, make it a binary thing, like between males and females, because I know I've met some men who are autistic um, who identify a lot more with like the quote female presentation. What we've what we've deemed the female presentation. Um, so. Anyway, all that to say, I, I do, I want to be out there with it, but I just, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'll get there. <laughs> I'm just going to have to, I guess I'm just going to have to rip the bandaid off and just post something and be like, here it is. Here I am. This is a thing. And just hope nobody says anything too ignorant or mean. <laughs> I think that's, that might be one of the things I'm afraid of because I'm sensitive, guys. I... the rejection sensitivity is real like I really envy people who can be open online and who get um those sort of like hurtful hateful judgmental comments and they're able to just like mostly easily shrug it off or just be like ah, whatever and uh, uh, I don't know I'm just I guess I'm just nervous. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be okay. I, why do I care? Why do I care? Yeah, I don't know. It's very weird. Anyway, so, um, the ADHD side of things. (laughs) This has been a week of, of kind of processing for me, but I haven't really had to process too deeply because honestly, like once I really looked at it, I was like, oh, you know, ADHD does make so much sense as a, as a co-occurring thing for me. It really does. Now that I like had my eyes open to it and this whole time I've been a little bit questioning here and there about like whether I could have ADHD. And sometimes I would be like, do I have ADHD and not autism? But so much of the autistic things felt so accurate and similar and relatable, that it was like, no, there's there's no way that I'm not autistic. But then that ADHD piece was kind of like over here whispering in my ear from time to time being like, hey, you could have me too. So some of the things that I've kind of realized over the past few days looking back is like um i i do i am hyperactive i am and i guess i never really considered myself hyperactive because when i need to sit still i can but i don't like to i really don't like I have a hard time watching movies. This has been rough because my partner really likes movies. Um, So they'll want to have like a movie marathon. And I can't watch more than one movie in a row. It's really, really, really hard for me. Oh my gosh. They were bugging me for so long to watch Avatar. And I knew Avatar was like, I don't even know how long Avatar is. It's like six hours or something crazy like that. Five hours, six hours. It was on two separate DVDs when we watched it. So I agreed to watch Avatar only if we could like take a break for like a couple hours between the two movies because I just can't. I just can't sit that long. Same thing with road trips. Like we live only three hours away from San Francisco, and I know a lot of people who will drive to San Francisco for the day. And be like, oh, we drove up to the bay for the day and hung out and then drove back. And I'm like, six hours in the car in one day? No, can't do that. Every time we go up there, I'm like, we have to stay the night because I can't spend six hours in the car in one day. No way. That's so much sitting. So, you know, I am. I guess, yeah, that means that is a hyperactivity thing not and not only externally too I feel like my mind is very hyperactive there is not a moment that goes by that I am not thinking all of the thoughts but again this is a thing that's like you're only familiar with your own experience right I had no idea that not everyone's brain was like that like 'Cause mine's always been like that. So how am I to know that not everyone has this constant, constant, constant narrative, looping thoughts, questions, um, analyzations always at all times. Um so there's that, um I'm also very sensory seeking. Um there are certain times that I'm sensory avoidant. Um, but i do love sometimes to have some uh more intense sensory experiences um my a lot of my special interests have been activity based because i think i do enjoy movement and other sensory types of things like some of my special interests have been um, aerial arts for one thing I've been an aerialist for mm, oh my gosh a long time seven years maybe to aerial silks hammock lira all of the things all of the spinning the hanging upside down the climbing the swinging love it love it so fun um I recently took up roller skating. There was a long period of time when I was rock climbing all the time. Um I love CrossFit. I love Olympic weightlifting, hiking, running, photography. Um there was a time in my life, a 6-year period of time uh in my 20s when I was a DJ and I would DJ at raves and clubs. Um I loved that sensory experience and being the DJ, um, allowed me to experience the party without like, without being in it. You know, when you're the DJ, you're, you're in the DJ booth, you're up, you're kind of above the party, you're looking down at it, you're observing, you're playing the music. And that was great. I've had a great time being a DJ. I really want to, someone requested that I did, that I do a, um, an episode on music. And I really do. I'm going to, I'm going to do that about how music has been just such an amazing, um, thing in my life. So I won't go too much into that right now, but, um, but on the flip side, so this is my, my ADHD activity based interests, uh, because I'm hyperactive. Um, are sort of juxtaposed by the fact that I do enjoy doing things solo most of the time if I can or a one-on-one type of activity. Like, I really enjoy hiking by myself. I really enjoy running by myself. Photography, you're by yourself. Um, You know, so it's like all of these things, it's, you know, I, I don't... Uh, yeah, the, the group aspect of things is sometimes hard. So a lot of these activities that I've been interested in, um, you know, can be solo type of things. So, um, also related to ADHD, I can see that I do have a lot of, um, what I've deemed to be like interest churn, like, I will go through a lot of different interests I you know I grasp on to the shiny new things sometimes and I will dive in dive in dive in until I know what I need to know about it or I feel like I've gone as far as I can with it and then I'll just like drop it for the next new thing that being said I also on the autism side of things have a lot of long-term special interests or a few I guess a few um narrow long-term interests anatomy and physiology is one I've had that interest since I was a little little kid i um, just learning about the human body being so fascinated by it um reading and writing and poetry is a long-term interest of mine astronomy has been in a long-term interest of mine um but then my life is also speckled with all of these short-term little bursts of interests that I sort of pick up and then put down as quickly as I pick them up um so there's that. Um, I also did read a thing about ADHD recently, like a couple days ago, <coughs> excuse me, that um that often people with ADHD feel depressed when they're understimulated. And I relate to that so much, so, so much. And I think that's why quarantine was particularly hard for me, um, because I do enjoy um, being busy. I enjoy stimulation. As long as I am in control of the situation, I do enjoy being stimulated, having a stimulating life, a busy life, whatever. Um, that's why I think self-employment has been great for me because I still have a lot of control over which direction my days take and, um, how busy I actually am to a point. Um, but I can still be busy. Um, whereas it's not like busyness imposed by others, which is a lot harder to deal with. Then I start feeling overstimulated and pressure and, um, overwhelm and all of that. Um, so, but when quarantine hit and my partner and I closed our business cause we had to, cause we were gym owners and we had to go into lockdown. Like suddenly I went from having Very structured, busy, full days. Full of things that I loved to do, which was amazing, to like a dead stop. Having no business, nothing to work on, nothing to put my energy into. It was just... Yeah. That was a lot, and I feel like that's still is a theme in my life where it's, I, I, feel very understimulated still, um, because I'm kind of just still trying to get back on my feet from all of that. And I do spend a lot of time at home and just sort of understimulated. So that's definitely, definitely, definitely a thing. Um, also executive dysfunction is a huge thing for me, uh, of course, and that can occur in both of these conditions. But now, like, really, if I analyze it and look, I can kind of tell when I'm having ADHD executive dysfunction as opposed to autistic executive dysfunction. And they do look very different. Yesterday, I had a lot of ADHD executive dysfunction. And now that I know I have ADHD, I could totally notice it. I totally... And when my partner got home, I explained my day and my partner who has ADHD and was like, oh, are you, are you (laughs) on board with that ADHD diagnosis now? And I'm like, yes, I see it. Like it was, yeah, it's so obvious now. Oh man, guys. Um, so, and I think the final big revelation that I've had, um, is that, I always thought like I couldn't have ADHD because I can pay attention and I may be wrongly assumed that people with ADHD just can't pay attention. I mean, I know that, that they can, if it's something they're interested in, but I can pay attention to whatever across the board. Like even if it's something I'm not interested in, if I know I need to know it or need to be involved in it or whatever, um, I can pay attention. That's fine. Um, but I think where the ADHD comes in is I get very impatient in situations where I'm having to pay attention to something, whether I'm interested in it or not. If it's not moving at a fast enough pace for me, I get very impatient and very like anxious as a result because, um, okay, take my math class that I'm taking, for example, um, sometimes there are things that are just very obvious and very easy yet my instructor will spend like a very long time explaining them and then re-explaining and then re-explaining and I'm like I got it I got it I got it let's move on like I get very I just want to move on I got it but I know some people in my class maybe need additional explaining and this is why I just do better if I can move at my own pace. Classroom situations are hard for me in that way because because um, I want to move fast. If I catch on to something, I want to move to the next thing. Um, on the other side of that, though, this maybe is where the autism comes in because I do have a hard time sometimes processing information. So if I don't catch on to something... Um, like, if something's being explained in a way um, that's not, like, meshing with the way that I understand something, um, that can also be a problem. Then it's, like, the opposite problem. Like, I need someone to slow down and help me and explain each step and get into the details. And, like, I have a lot of questions and I need time for certain things to sink in and process before I can move on. So there's like both sides of that coin too. So really like when I look at it, it seems like these two things existing in me, um, really play into each other. And sometimes, uh, sometimes they play well together and sometimes they fight with each other. It's like, siblings. It's like I have two <laughs> diagnoses that are siblings. Sometimes they fight and sometimes they get along. And looking at it that way really just it clears up so much. It really does. And I'm really happy about the ADHD diagnosis. At first, I was um not that I was unhappy about it. At first it was just like kind of shocking and I was like unsure about it and but I trusted on the other hand I trusted my clinician like she seemed to really she's experienced and knows what she's talking about so it's like okay well I trust her but also like what but yeah the more I look and the more I think and the more I analyze uh yeah yes it makes so much sense and uh I'm just embracing it all it's great. And I really just do want to be a proud, (laughs) I almost use the word spokesperson, but that seems too formal. (laughs) Like I want to be a spokesperson for the brand of autism. Um, But you know what I mean? Like, I just want to be proud and show everyone that Neurodiverse people, we're capable. We are capable. Yes, there are struggles that come along with neurodiversity, but we are smart, capable, kind, wonderful people. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to help squash all the stereotypes. Yeah. So wish me luck on my coming out journey. It was easier to come out as gay for some reason. It was just like, oh, well, I'm gay. Who cares? I'm going to date women now. But this feels more daunting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe because I, I, I might have some internalized ableism going on. I can admit that. I still haven't worked out all of my own ableist ideas. I mean, it's the same thing with, like, anything that we've been, that's been indoctrinated into us, right? It takes a long time to unravel all of that stuff. So I'm working on that. Um, oh, it's just, Yeah. This is a journey, guys. It has been a journey. But I appreciate um, everyone out there who's listening and everyone who's reached out. And even if you haven't reached out, just if you're listening, if you're subscribing, if you're, um, you know, spreading the word, if you're, you know, it's just, it's great to have a community of people to talk to who understand and it's been really great to be able to verbally process everything out loud. It's helped so much. Um I'm really glad I started doing this and I'm going to keep doing it. This isn't the end like I'm not like oh I got diagnosed so now that's it. Um I really there's a lot more to unpack and a lot more to to talk about. So I'm even thinking that I might s- start doing like a few interviews here and there. And I don't like the word interview. That also sounds too formal, but just chatting with some other autistic people. Um about autism things, and maybe even, like, ADHD things, and maybe, like, the, co- the co-occurring the co funsies that happen with those things, and, and all of that. I mean, who knows where this will go, but anyway, okay. I gotta get going. I gotta get on with my day. I gotta go grocery shopping before the stores get busy, and... Thanks everyone for listening. And as always, you can reach out. I will leave my contact info in the show notes and I'll talk to you next time. Hope everyone has a fantastic day. Bye.